I read 442 books in my lifetime until now. And my book count has slowed down in recent time a little bit, but I also found a solution. So here is, first of all, why it makes sense for me to read these many books. First of all, we have to understand that many of these books are fictional. The first books I read were pretty much fictional, or also I read other books. But usually with fact books, I didn't read them end to end. And also many of these books just weren't stories. So I then at age 16 decided to finally quit reading fiction because I could also, opportunity cost, read something that I could learn something from, like fact books. And this is when I quit fiction, basically. Apart from the exclusion, so I had this exception that I could read books that had a historic value, for example. And then what actually happened is that I began to dive deeper into these topics because I, for the first time in my life, was able to manage my time better. It's not that this was a very big leap forward. I always had kind of a little bit of time management in the back end. But what allowed me to finally begin to read these books, these books I didn't allow myself to read, I feared to not understand before, was that I took the time I had and just chunked it into these little time blocks. And I said, what if I just had 10 minutes, for example, to read the first few pages of Das Kapital or Capital by Karl Marx or Traumdeutung or Dream Interpretation by Sigmund Freud. And I then just ordered these books on Amazon. I ordered all of these books that seemed very interesting to me. For example, also A Psychology of the Masters by Gustav Le Bon. These books that had been there, I wanted to read them and I didn't dare to read them because I feared I wouldn't understand them. But by bringing the focus not onto me understanding them, but more on the time limit. I actually used the time limit as a constraint, and then I had 10 minutes to understand a little bit more about these topics, about these books, about these works by these authors that had, that just seemed so big in the first place. So I began this in the final years of my school, basically high school, you could say, before I started Basically, in the last years of, of high school, you could say, before I got my A-levels. And what I realized is that, that with this approach, this approach of often reading 10 minutes a book a day, and then maybe another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes, but in the beginning it was, I think, like around 20 minutes a day. And I could choose whatever book I wanted to read out of 10 books. So this is another concept I had at this time. What if instead of reading this this one book, and sometimes this one book didn't interest me. What if I just took 10 books and read them at the same time? Of course, this happened organically. But what the takeaway is, is you don't have to finish books if you start them. You don't have to read every single day on one book, but you can just change the books. Nobody says you have to read a book from back to back, even though I for myself decided I would count a book if I read 80% of the pages, of the page count, basically. And when it comes to audiobooks, of course, 80% of the time. But what this finally allowed me to do is to dive into these works of these big fingers. And I began to read. And then after days, after weeks, after months, I finished the first box. And then I had read Das Kapital, or I had read 
the Traumdeutung or the dream interpretation by Sigmund Freud and then book after book after book it was just oh yeah I finished this book and I finished this book and then I finished this book it was not that before these fictional books are similar to movies I think and I had already in my childhood this urge this urge whenever I did something that was not the best I could do, that I just felt shitty about it. When I, for example, played computer games, I tried them a few times. I also played a little bit of computer games in my childhood and in my teenage years, but very, very little. Because every time I played these things, and then after an hour you come out and you, first of all, feel like shit because you just wasted time, and second of all, you realize that you could have spent your time otherwise. And this was something that never went out, so I began to associate the negative effects of these things with the things itself, with the action itself, with playing the computer games itself. And with fictional stories, I think it's similar. Of course, in the beginning, when you are beginning to read, when you are expanding your vocabulary in your mother tongue or even in a foreign language, of course, reading is something that makes sense. But reading fictional stories is something that makes sense. But in order to just learn more in order to, to just expand your knowledge. It just makes sense to then, at a certain point in time, go into fact books, into things about the world that actually surrounds us instead of fictional stories that are just a heightened version of the reality around us. Because reality can also be interesting. But if you have something that is heightened and you compare it to something that is just the real world, then what often happens is that these stories, I mean, stories are there for a reason. Stories are there because sometimes reality is just too big to grasp, too, con too complex to grasp. This is the reason, of course, nowadays there is a cult about Elon Musk, about the person Elon Musk, but 10 years ago, nobody, nobody was interested in Elon Musk, for example, because he seemed like a nerd that didn't do anything apart from maybe inventing Tesla, not inventing Tesla, but building Tesla together with other people. But... Now, the idea is this. Fictional stories, just like junk food. I mean, fictional stories are nice and they make us understand the world a little bit better. But fictional stories usually heighten the reality or usually a heightened version of reality because reality often is too hard to understand, often does not have these very distinct points in time where the actor then decides or the, act, the person, the protagonist decides that she makes or he makes this one change that would change the lives of his and everybody around, his and her or everybody around him forever. And therefore, I decided to quit fiction. And then what I realized, I, I began to become more interested in actual reality itself, in the facts, in the science, in all these different topics science actually offers. So then I switched to fact books entirely cannot actually pin it down. I think it was around 16, 17 or 18 when I decided to finally quit. Before, I actually quit fiction already, kind of, because I just didn't have the time anymore to just indulge myself in basically entertainment, because there were so many other things I had to do, like learning the guitar, learning the piano, also doing things for school, meeting friends and th just things like these. So I decided to quit basically fiction. And this was then when I had this period where I also increased or improved my time management when I began to read the first big fact books or books about reality, you could say, that are just not, just not fiction. And before this, I think I had a book count of 100 to 
250 to 300 probably. And then I added the first layer of actual books about the real world, probably in between, probably in between 50 to 100 books I actually read. And then something else happened, something I wanted to happen already, but it just didn't happen to this point in time. And What happened is that audiobooks actually become more, became more and more available. And also I just began to understand English better and better. My English got better and better. Not really my spoken English, but just my understanding of the language English. So what I also could do now is just listen to all of the English versions of audiobooks. And audiobooks now are something when it comes to reading or when it comes to consuming books are something that levels your whole cons consumer experience to a new level. And here is why. If you do something, then I usually call, this is a concept I made up for myself, and you can also use it for yourself, but I don't want to say that this is a concept I... Well, let's just explain it. If you do something and you have to do this one thing at this particular time, for example, in the night you sleep and when sleeping, of course you are dreaming, but the primary activity, sometimes you are dreaming, dreaming, most of the times you are dreaming in the REM phases of sleep, and you just cannot remember, this is the reason you sometimes think you don't dream, but the primary activity when sleeping is sleeping, because you cannot do something else. If you go to school, then you are at school, so the primary activity is going to school. If you are studying, then the primary activity is studying. So now, what is a secondary activity? If you, for example, are at home and you do the chores or you go for a run, then you do the chores as the primary activity, often connected with something very physical. And because it's so physical, and because many of these things are automatable, you could say, or can be automated very easily by our brain, this is called then a habit, basically our brain analyzes all the things we do and then takes these chunks and makes sub-programs that then run more and more automatically without our conscious effort. So whenever something like this happens, like running or doing the chores, something that can be repeated very similarly over time, again and again and again, then there is capacity in our brain, in our mind that is free. And you can fill this capacity that is left by the primary activity with secondary activities, like thinking. Most of us just think all the time when you are awake and you're doing things like this. But what you also can do, and of course you have to decide if thinking sometimes is more important than listening to something else, if listening to your own thoughts is sometimes more important than listening to something else. But here is the takeaway. You can actually use this time. You can use this primary time twice, basically, by adding a secondary activity. And you, can all, you could already do this with podcasts for many years, but what is now more and more possible is to do this also with podcasts. And not with podcasts, but with books, because you can actually listen to books. And you can also now listen to articles on the internet. I use a service called Pocket that actually lets me save. There is a Chrome extension, and it actually lets me save Wikipedia pages, for example, and then it saves them automatically in a reading list. And then there is basically a text-to-speech engine that then, also offline sometimes, I am not sure about the offline functionality, translates the text-to-speech and reads it to you. Of course, this is not like someone would actually read this to you, but of course, this sounds like, hello, this is... But 
This will get better over time and it's already possible and you can understand the content of the text that is read. On the other side, we have audiobooks. And this finally now allowed me to up my book count again without spending any primary time. A few years ago, I decided to quit fiction entirely and only read fact books. But then I also decided to basically quit reading. To quit reading, apart from reading the newspaper and articles online and, and Wikipedia entries and things I had to research and things I had to study, for example. Apart from these things, I decided to quit reading books. Basically, quit reading books. Because this consumes primary time. And by getting rid of these books, of course, this is also kind of a risk because I'm also getting rid of all the books that are not available in audiobooks. I am basically leaving the space of reading. But instead, what I gain is that I now can listen to all I could also before. But the, the, the nice idea is now that reading books doesn't take away any of my time. It only takes away time, opportunity cost in in a matter of opportunity cost from my thoughts I would otherwise have or I would otherwise think about. But if you think about the fact that up to 95% of the things we think every single day are repetitive and often negative, not 95%, but a huge portion of the thoughts we think every single day are, first of all, completely repetitive and automatic. And then secondly, are also often negative, then if you just replace these things in your head with something that's not negative or not repetitive, then you already gain a huge chunk of knowledge every single day. Of course, this is not, you won't be the next Einstein in two days. But I don't spend now time on reading books anymore. I have basically just more time. I don't have to spend time. I also don't have to think about reading anymore because I just don't do it. I decided to not do it anymore and therefore I just quit reading. I just quit reading books. But still, these books are all in my life and still I can listen to all of these books that are available as audiobooks and this allows me to expand my knowledge, to widen my horizon or to broaden my horizon by not even spending time on it. And this finally allowed me now to reach, at this point in time, 442 books. Here is now a small notice on how I actually count the books. I already said that I only count books I read to 80% or I consumed or listened to to 80%. If I don't, if I quit a book before, then I just don't count it because then it's just not read. But 80% Pareto rule seems like something that made sense because sometimes you just don't want to finish a book. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense, but then you get to 80% and then it's done. Most of audiobooks I actually finish, but now, about this was about the length of reading, you could say. Now about the format. I pretty much counted everything that is available as a book. A newspaper, for example, doesn't count as a book. Uh, something that is this thick and is a magazine and is about one particular topic, I sometimes counted as a book if it was like I had this financial, you could say, what it is, what is it? It was like a notebook. It was like this thick, not really a notebook, but it was like it was like a book. Dean H4, and it was about one topic about financial 
product actually. And I count this, for example, as a book. I don't count Donald Duck things or comics as a book. I only count books as a book that you can basically grab and then you say, oh yeah, this is a book, obviously. I mean, you have to make a distinction and you have to find the distinction for yourself, but I think it made the most sense to just count everything as a book. You would also commonly assume it was a book. And of course, I count also audiobooks as a book. I don't count podcasts as a book. And for myself, I have found this distinction. It is as follows. Something, most of the time, basically all the media that is out there that has the meaning to be or has the purpose to be consumed by somebody is either something that appears again and again and again or is published again and again and again. I call it a series. And the other one is called a singer, just like the singer in the music industry. So now, a single, for example, is a single movie. Harry Potter 1, for example, is a single movie, even though it is part of a series. But what's more important now is to distinguish between those two with the question, what is more important? Is the movie Harry Potter, for example, one, the Sorcerer's Stone, what is, more, what is the aspect that is more important? Does it lean more towards being a single or a series? And I would say it's more a single. Because nowadays... Things don't appear anymore. Things are not published anymore because it has ended. Of course, it's part of a bigger thing, but... So, here is here are all the different things. When it comes to audio, there are podcasts. Podcasts are basically audio magazines, therefore they are serious. Magazines are serious. Of course, they are serious often, but they also are serious. So, why so serious, you might ask? I mean, it's a serious topic. So, therefore, we have magazines, for example. A magazine is something that is published again and again and again. It's the same format, but it's something new every time. And the opposite to a series, for example, in, in the visual space would be a book. In the visual space, that is not video. So, there are a lot of other distinctions I have for categorizing all of these different things. But when it comes to book, it's something that is primary visual it's something that is a single and not a series. It's not a podcast, it's not a magazine, it's not a blog. It's basically a book. A book you can publish and also read. And if I read one of these books, then I count it as a book. And I am now at the count of 442. And I hope till that I will have read 500 books by age before I turn 26. That's the goal.